There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. What do we make of the general position with regards to where we are in terms of Brexit? Let me speak to our guests this morning. First of all, Professor John Tong. Uh, John, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Uh, John, smiling faces indeed uh, yesterday from the Taoiseach and the Prime Minister and uh, Stephen Barclay and Michel Barnier meet today. Put it all in context for us, please, John. Well, it was much improved mood music. The uh, choreography yesterday was helpful uh, and the language was helpful from uh, both the Taoiseach and Boris Johnson with a, a fairly carefully worded statement, it should be said, about this being a, a pathway to a possible deal. A pathway... Uh, and including the word possible doesn't mean that there is a deal. But the briefings are basically that there has been movement from the UK government, from Boris Johnson, uh, in terms of a, a customs alignment, at least, of Northern Ireland uh, to the south. So that would represent further significant movement, given that Boris Johnson and the DUP moved last week in terms of regulatory alignment. And what we're basically looking at is a, a rebirth of Theresa May's deal, but without that phrase, you know, the backstop being included and also we won't be talking about a time limited backstop either what we're talking about is a is a consensual backstop in many ways the consent of the people of northern ireland would be needed for these arrangements so how does all of that tally with julian smith talking yesterday about the he said no one would have a, a veto how will it go down with the the dup they, they seem to be this morning pretty pretty relaxed or are they behind the scenes concerned well, number 10 is now briefing that Julian Smith himself wasn't properly briefed uh, in saying that, which is astounding. If you don't have the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland properly briefed on an issue that affects Northern Ireland anywhere, more than anywhere else, that itself is extraordinary uh, and tells you everything about the chaos uh, at number 10. But that's the line that is now being spun by number 10. I mean, that therein lies the next question as to <laughs> all of this. If there is uh, a veto for either community, which in the terms of the Good Friday Agreement would be perfectly legitimate, that's all about, it's all about parallel consent, cross-community consent, then the DUP would, would basically be on side. If that isn't there, then the DUP are not on side. But you've got to also look at the mechanics. How would consent be formulated? You could do it via parallel consent rules in which you have to have at least 40% support from unionists and 40% support for nationalists for 
say, customs alignment with the European Union. Then there's the issue of Stormont not being back uh, anyway, and it's not coming back anytime soon. So how would that be put into uh, exercise? You could say, well, it has to be, these measures have to be with the consent of Northern Ireland MPs uh, trying to get Sinn Féin into Westminster. But that's not going to happen uh, either. Or you could put the whole plan to a referendum of the people of Northern Ireland. But that would be treated as a surrogate border poll that would be monumentally controversial. That would be throwing petrol on the fire uh, in lots and lots of ways. So it's not easy to see from this vantage point as to how this idea of consent within Northern Ireland is actually formulated for whatever deal eventually emerges. Do you think, finally, John, there'll be any more clarity when Stephen Barclay and Michelle Barnier conclude their meeting today? Well, I think there has to be greater clarity because everyone is left guessing as to why this move is so promising. So there has to be greater clarity. But I don't think we'll get full clarity until the European Council summit next weekend uh, and when Parliament discusses the deal after. And there's no guarantee, it should be said as well, that any revised deal gets through the UK Parliament. And I think that could still be one of the the huge stumbling blocks in this entire process because Parliament so far has spent time telling us what it doesn't want. The UK Parliament has never told us what it actually does want. And I think, you know, that's still something that has to be circumvented somehow. Professor John Tong. John, thank you very much indeed. Ben Lowry is the deputy editor with the newsletter, uh, writing about it, keeping a watchful eye on it. Good morning, Ben. Good morning. Uh, Ben, how do you read the movements and the mood this morning? Well, the short answer is I don't know because um, it's strange. It's come out of nowhere. Um, we're going to have to find out later today what happens between the Barnier Barclay meeting that's ongoing as we speak. Um, uh, you're saying that um, the DUP is relaxed about it. Um, I'm a little bit out of touch in the sense that I was. Um, on radio broadcasts and talking about this until quite late last night and following events until very late last night and I wasn't able to get hold of any DUP MPs um, last night. In fact, I phoned one who had a foreign ringtone who I think was at the Northern Ireland game. So I don't know whether they are aware of this in advance or not. But one of the things I would say is this, to, to, to I, when I've been on the show before, Frank, with you, um, I've talked about how complicated this is, even for those of us who follow it closely. So if anybody else is thinking that it's complicated and, and wondering what it's all about. Don't worry, you know, you're with millions of other people in the UK. But, but one of the things that you can say categorically is this. I think you can say categorically is this. If the DUP, having already agreed that there'll be checks with regard to the standards of goods, was to agree that there would be tariffs between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK, that would be astonishing. I just would be incredible. And um, it would raise really significant questions about what is the UK, what is unionism. That for goods travelling between Belfast and Exeter or wherever um, were, were subject to tariffs. Where we get into the complicated speculation as to last night, and I think we'll find out more about this today, is there's talk about Northern Ireland staying in the customs union so that it's nominally in the UK, but tariffs being applied um, uh, for movements between Northern Ireland and Great Britain. But the actual nominal point of difference is the land border. And to be honest, I don't, I, uh, I'll spend a lot of today trying to figure out what that means. But, um, and maybe that's why the DUP are relaxed. But 
the other really important thing to understand, the other simple thing... Uh, I should that, say, Ben, just on that, Ben, Ben, sorry. Ben, I should, I should say on that, when I say relaxed, uh, quiet is maybe the word that is more appropriate. It's a... Uh, that, that we haven't heard much from them. That's why I'm saying relaxed. Okay. Well, you know, but, and, and, and that's interesting in itself. But one of the things that is that we can tell about this, and this is, I think, alarming to you, and it's been apparent, frankly, since 2017, um... A British government, be it Julian Smith last night, be it Boris Johnson for all his tough talk, be it Theresa May, be it all of the secretaries of state that we've had, um, a British government, a conservative and unionist government, let alone what Jeremy Corbyn would do, a conservative and unionist government that by a historical fluke, it's very unusual for the arithmetic of Parliament to be the way it is, is propped up by a unionist party, has as its overriding goal as its key objective in Northern Ireland, never to upset Irish nationalists. And one of the really big questions that unionism has to ask itself is this, and the business community has to ask itself is this, the business community has made crystal clear that under no circumstances at no time can there be any disruption at the land border. You can understand why that would be a very big political problem. And what has just gone by the wayside in this, it's just been lost, it's, it's, it's barely been mentioned, is by far our most important trade is between Northern Ireland and the rest of the UK. Now, nobody's going to cause riots over um, changes to that in the border, but that is it. And we, are, we, we, we were or are still, and certainly until October the 31st, a completely unfettered part of the UK. And this has just been lost in the narrative. First of all, the DUP was talking about a, a, con a major concession on agri-food having an all-island agri-food zone. That clearly wasn't enough for Dublin. Then the DUP made this massive concession on the standards of goods, on manufactured goods checks. I think maybe it was a problem for the DEP that they didn't admit that they'd made a big concession. And that wasn't enough. It was not only not enough for Ireland, it was treated as a ridiculous offer. And suddenly now, suddenly yesterday, Leo Varadkar is running around with a big smile on his face. So I don't know what's happened, but um, it might be that it's something that's not great for unionists and they can live with. But it seems to be something that has made an Irish government that has been so implacable on this suddenly very happy. Is there a possibility that Boris Johnson feels he doesn't need the DUP? I think there's a distinct possibility that Boris Johnson doesn't feel he needs to be DUP. So let's recap a little bit on the suspicion that there is of Boris Johnson. Almost this time last year, in November, Boris Johnson comes to the DUP conference. He's all tough fighting talk. No UK Prime Minister could set, accept this withdrawal agreement and the backstop, it divides up the UK. And in March, it was on the third vote of this, but it, um, it wasn't the first or second vote, but in the third vote on the withdrawal agreement and the backstop in March, he supported it. So the, the fighting talk evaporated. Last week, I was at the DUP conference in Manchester. I was at the, sorry, the Tory conference in Manchester, the DUP reception at the Tory conference in Manchester, which is a big event now, you know, people queuing down the corridor, English stories mostly trying to get in, cool event to be at. Um, Boris Johnson, rising reception, fighting talk, patriotism, um, UK, uh, the union so important. Could it be the case that days after that, he, he is now making a further concession? Remember, it was hours after that, that that the first concession came through, the one that the Irish rubbished. And in answer to your specific question about the numbers in Parliament, yes, 
He could have decided that he doesn't need the DUP because there's these 30 Labour MPs under Stephen Kinnock, Neil Kinnock's son, who say that they are itching to support a deal. There's the 21 banished Tories who are quite moderate and will probably be open to supporting a moderate deal that the Irish government is happy with um, and, and all of that. So it could be, and I just don't know, and it might be that the DUP knows more than, of course, the DUP is likely to know more than this because they have a, a direct channel to the government. So I could be wrong about this, but it, it might be that Boris Johnson has decided he can do this without DUP votes. And remember, this is an inevitable consequence of two things. First of all, the DUP has been emphasizing that it wants a deal because it's frightened about no deal, it's frightened about being blamed, it's frightened about falling out with farmers, it's frightened about falling out with businesses. And then Boris Johnson has said that he wants to leave by October 31st. He's almost obsessed with that. And inevitably, if the DUP very much wants a deal, and if Boris Johnson very much wants to be out by October the 31st, which is days away, and MPs have made it almost impossible to leave with no deal before then, inevitably there is going to be a move towards a deal. And given that Ireland and the EU have barely budged, then the likelihood is that the, that the government was going to climb down in a way that unionists will at best feel uncomfortable and possibly feel as an outrage. It's interesting analysis, as it always is from you, Ben, and I suppose uh, Theresa May is uh, sitting in her posh house somewhere thinking, what was that all about? But uh, we'll find out as today goes by. Thanks very much, Ben. Ben Lowry is the deputy editor of the newsletter. This is the U105 phone-in. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.